Hi, welcome on in everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of the Just Gaming Things podcast. We bring you an all queer perspective on video games, gaming news, and nerdy stuff every single Saturday live on Twitch. We are at twitch.tv slash justgamingtings with a Z. And we're also on multiple other platforms under that same, you know, username or, you know, you just have to look it up on like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that fun stuff. And yeah, but you can actually see the podcast being recorded live on Twitch, which is the cool and fun and fresh thing. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ruby. Hello. And today on the podcast, joining me, we have the iconic Koga Jangles. Hello. Hello there. Hello. I'm here this week. Yes, so nice to have you on board. Did you have a good week? How was your week? Uh, it was pretty hectic from work, but then it got much better yesterday. I'll talk about that later. Oh, uh-huh. What a, what a little sneak peek. <laughs> no spoilers yet. No. No, no. Spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. Not that. Nope. <laughs> No spoilers, but we do have pants here. The IRL pants joining us today. Real me. Hello. I'm not a virtual person today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a good one. Um, I don't know. It's hot outside. I'm dying. <laughs> Listen. It may be... And Miss Ariana, you could slide into my DMs anytime. <laughs> More on that later, oh too. <laughs> Absolutely. What a, what a week. Uh, if I'm going to, you know, yeah. talk about my own week briefly, it was definitely interesting, to say the least. Something uh, is in the air this week. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's It's something something in the air. But, you know, y'all are here to hear us talk about gaming things. So enough about us right we do have one topic that uh was suggested by our wonderful friend ruin crown who unfortunately couldn't make it to today's podcast but of course we have koga who can take over and present the news or i guess the the topic of conversation to our friends so koga what happened so apparently um ninja's twitch viewership dropped by it says a whopping 50 percent um, so pretty much from what it is that I'm seeing here is that he's pretty much been a person who's always played kind of like Battle Royale games, you know, Apex, um, definitely Fortnite, which is one of the games that I think that's where he got, yeah, that's the game that he played a lot that a lot of people were paying attention to. Um, so recently he was playing Final Fantasy XI, which that game is pretty old now. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how old that game is. It's been around for a while and it's still going. Um, so when he was streaming that, apparently his viewership was around two things like two thousand views. When normally, when he's um, streaming like Fortnite, it's usually like around like the ten thousand. So it dropped, you know, a digit or so. And I mean, I I don't. That's not a surprise to me. I mean, I don't think that's like an issue. I think the bigger thing is is just that some viewers are there for the game some people may not really care for final fantasy 11 like i said it's an it's an older game so it it can definitely be a thing to where if you play something that some people may not care for as much 
um, they won't show up for that. But if you play what they're there for, they'll do that. And that can be kind of like the difficult thing about streaming one game or just one specific genre is that when you change, that can be a little bit difficult. And some people won't return for that, which I mean, in my opinion, I understand. I think that's fine. I think people can watch what it is they want to. But I do think a, a thing that can be discussed in there is like how, you know, as a streamer, you know, how do you, you know, handle that? Because some people are, you know, fine with it. They like to be able to just play what it is they want. Because I can tell you from experience, playing a game that you don't really care to play and hoping that people show up sucks. Because <laughs> one, you don't really care to play it. And then what if the audience doesn't show up, especially if it's a game with spoilers and whatnot? So for me personally, if I really just wanted to play something and it was less people, I would be fine with that because to me, video games are supposed to be fun for me. Like it's like, you know, an escape from, you know, real world things. So if it's something I just really had my mind set on playing, I, I just play that. That's just you know me personally, but I know some people aren't going to always go that way. Cause some people, you know, want to have, you know, more of an actor, I mean, active, you know, chatting in the chat and whatnot, which is absolutely fine. You know, multiple ways I feel to run a stream, as long as you're not bothering nobody. But that's just my take. Um, Pants, what do you think? You know, how do you handle, you know, situations like this, you know, on your channel? Yeah, I feel like, first of all, it's definitely something that happens to every streamer at some point. Um, I would say I could specifically talk about especially the VTuber scene because... There's like a whole big thing. It's a little bit different, but like there's a huge thing about just like the debut and everything. Um, and it's kind of like I feel like a, a, and this is kind of very a little off topic, like I said, but it's like that's the day where like a lot of people maybe show up. Same thing with kind of like, you know, birthday streams and all of that. Like you can kind of expect that. Or same thing if you're like streaming maybe like something that's a little bit more popular or like has a dedicated fan base. Like when I stream Identity 5, maybe there's going to be more people because they have a very de dedicated fan base, but not many streamers. Um, but like on the VTubing side, it's kind of also like the debut. A lot of people think like whatever your numbers are during the debut is kind of your numbers like for the rest of your streaming, which is very false because that's a day where everybody's trying to like make sure that they show up. Um, and I feel like that could kind of go alongside because everybody expects Ninja to be streaming Fortnite. So when, you know, if somebody is like just more, you know, into one game, like Debbie Delight and all that, it's like once they, if they're not a variety streamer in a different, like in the aspect of like very much different games and genres, then I feel like you lose your numbers are going to fluctuate because like people are more dedicated to maybe watching Fortnite or they're more dedicated to watching another game. Maybe they want to just see uh, JRPGs more. And you're also going to get a different audience with that. So like reading this, it just kind of comes out as like, I don't know. It's like, it's the basic struggles <laughs> that a lot of streamers deal with. So it's not like the biggest news or anything. And I get it, but it's just like, I feel like it's partly like good. It shows more people like this is what happens to anyone, even the bigger streamers. And also 50% for like, him is huge. I will say that's a lot of people. 50% right. for like, 
you know, anyone below like the hundred viewers isn't as bad. But like for him, what is he hitting? Like, I don't know, thousands. He's like, maybe it's a huge amount of people. So it is pretty wild to to see like that happen. Cause I feel like also I can't, I would say for myself, maybe, um, that sometimes I will see like bigger streamers and I'm like, oh, like they're, they're fine. Like no matter like what hits them, like they should be fine. So it shouldn't be like, you know, as big as a deal as for like other people who don't have as many viewers too. So (laughs) I don't know. That's my little rants. (laughs) No, you're fine. Like. It's totally like we don't we don't usually talk a lot about like streaming things here on 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 here, even though all of us are streamers. Um, so it's it's definitely like something that um, I feel like not a lot of people are like aware of as far as like how that goes. But I, at the same time, I totally agree. Like from the pers- from the streamer perspective, this isn't really news because this literally happens to like literally all of us. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like especially. If, uh, those of us who don't really dedicate our streams like one particular thing it's like one day you're, you're playing a game and sometimes you're playing the same game a different day and you get less viewership or more viewership like it, it's just so inconsistent especially with like the back and forth lately of like some places opening up some places closing mm-hmm. back up and like all of that is also super inconsistent so like I don't it, this isn't sh- really shocking to me, I don't really particularly care about, like, you know, oh, how well Ninja is doing. Because for me, it's like, oh, poor me. I'm still having thousands of viewers. I'm like, okay, sure. I don't mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and um, Final Fantasy XI apparently is 19 years old. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, it came out originally in 2002. Yeah, it came out, like, <gasps> on a PlayStation 2 and whatnot. Yeah. That's, 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 that's pretty old wild yeah but i do want to also add like i don't know a lot of people also need to understand like there's so many factors that like you ruby kind of pointed out earlier that it's just like you know things are opening up again it's also summertime so people are like whining wanting to go out actually even like to the beach or you know walking or anything uh, literally, there's an art festival right outside my door, so there's people <laughs> out there. Um, so it's like there's that. Every you know, kids are off too, so they do have more time to watch. But then at the same time, they're trying to you know go out more since they've been inside the whole time. And it's like it's gonna happen. Like you know, different seasons are gonna give you also different viewers, different numbers depending on just what's going on plus it's not like just there's one streamer too (laughs) like people want to find other ones or they want to see other games not everybody's going to keep going to like the one streamer every day and be like let's see this Fortnite for the 30th time (laughs) yeah some people are but not everybody is and it's like things are going to change like I mean, personally, my interests change all the time. Yeah. I want to see something else sometimes, and then I get hooked into maybe one more thing, and it's over. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah, like, yeah, this isn't really, like, surprising. Um, I will say, like, my own relationship with 
how to navigate these things myself is that I just kind of do what I want. Like, I don't really, like, I, I, I had this conversation on my, on my stream a while ago, and I, it's always fascinating to me, the concept of, like, someone who has a 9 to 5, for example, that they don't like, and then they're like, oh, let me start making content. And then they make, they start slowly but surely making themselves feel as miserable about content creation as they were feeling with their nine to five because they're trying to like grind it out quote unquote or they're trying to like um get the viewers or they're trying like and they're doing all these like strategies and all these things that don't always necessarily align with like what they want to do or it becomes too repetitive because like yeah i mean it's undeniable that like if you only do one thing and people know you for that one thing, like, yeah, it's gonna, like, they're gonna be there for you for that. But the second you stray away from it, even people like Ninja, like, literally lose out on half of their audience because of that. So, like, I, I think for me, it's always been, like, it's, it's as, as, like, weird and, like, narcissistic as it sounds. It's more <laughs> like people are gonna be there for me and my interests, right? Like, the draw for me and my channel specifically is like whatever my interests are and and what i want to showcase whether it's like a game that i grew up with or a new game that i'm interested in so and and for me it's it, it you just have to kind of accept that like the viewership is going to fluctuate um and just kind of uh do it but i would rather that than like be miserable doing something because i feel like i have to do it and i've seen so mm -hmm. many creators kind of do that and i feel like I'm kind of surprised it didn't take Ninja a shorter amount of time to get there because I feel like we've all seen those creators that are like pushing for partner or whatever and they do that one game that they like get traction for and then the second they get partnered they're like okay I can relax now I can do other things now and then their viewership drops again to where they were before they got partnered. Um, mm -hmm. I saw someone go through that and I was like I told you this was gonna happen. Yeah, like it, it happens. Really bad for them. It happens to so many people, and I, yeah, it, it's definitely like a thing that I'm like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> when I see it happening too, I'm just like, oh no, they're doing the thing that I've seen other people do. Um, but yeah, this just goes to show. But he is definitely in a position where he can do that, though. You know, like he doesn't yeah. need like three thousand more viewership. Like he has, you know, an average of three thousand. He'll be fine. <laughs> right like <laughs> it's, it's just that when you if if it's when it's something like you play one thing and it's like just completely different genre completely different style, yeah always you know fix that like i remember one time i was um playing dragon ball legends which was another gotcha game and people were there for that but of course people like to see you you know summon gambling and you know get excited for you get something you want and get upset when you don't and then they had like a they added like a PVE part for it because that game is mostly PvP. I stopped playing that two years ago. That's why. Oh well. Um, <laughs> but like after that, you switch to something like uh, Hatsune Miku. And ain't nobody there. <laughs> okay, that? but it's iconic. It's like of course, and it's just it's just like that sometimes. And I think that's fair. I mean, a lot of times there are going to be viewers who are there, you know, for you, the personality. But there's just so many other variables, not just games, but just how many other creators are there. Like over the the goddamn pan, almost said pandemonium, but a pandemic. Well, <laughs> I love <laughs> that. 
but it's like there's just been a lot of new creators coming out and so you know people have been finding new people to watch and some people don't watch more at you know at one time so if it's like there's two people they both like and one's playing something they're more interested in that's probably you know where they're gonna go which you know like i said that's that's how it is you know variety streaming is just like that and you know it's unfortunate it's one of the things that you got to deal with also Twitch does everything in their power not to count viewers too. So <laughs> my, I mean, Is I don't look at my numbers, but like, I like to always just believe that Twitch is not counting probably like a couple people. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. muted. That don't count. Yep. It's if it's you mute it, if it's under 20% yeah. audio, if you come in from a raid and you don't take out refer raid. <laughs> Wait, they, they do they, everything. That now? Goodness gracious. Mm -hmm. know. A yeah. lot of stuff. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, nice going, Twitch. Yeah, good job. <laughs> Speaking of numbers, though. Oh. 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 <laughs> uh -huh. Segue. Um, an unopened 1985 Super Mario Brothers game just sold for a record of two million dollars, <laughs> which is wild to me. Mm -hmm. And the previous record was um for also Super Mario, well for Super Mario 64, but uh, it was 1.56 million. Um, so it was on Friday. Uh. <laughs> That record got hit, and I'm amazed because, as I was saying earlier, before the stream started, I just imagine having $2 million just laying around for Super Mario Brothers, which I get it because I'm a collector, and I would love to have, like, these rare items sometimes. But it's also a game that you could play right now, like your Switch, or if you get the SNES, too. Um... But it's kind of interesting that there's a new record that it <laughs> went by by like what fifty six. I don't. I can't do math. Fifty six thousand <laughs> got surpassed from the uh, previous um, record to the newest record. And what do y'all think about that? <laughs> I mean, my yeah. My first instinct was like, yeah, imagine having two million dollars to spend on an unopened SNES game. Um, imagine, imagine that. Um, my second thought is, it that could never be me. I could never be the person to have an unopened item because. Let me tell you something. If I buy something, I am opening it. I'm putting it on display. If it's a game, I'm playing it. If it's a, an album, I'm listening to it. It's just like, I get it. I understand that, you know, that idea of like, you know, having something and like keeping its value. But for me, like it, whatever it is, like I don't really collect like game stuff, but I do, I, I guess I do collect like K-pop albums. And, like, for me, the value in it is not necessarily, like, keeping the value of the items and not touching anything and whatever. For me, the value in it is, like, opening it, going through it, and seeing all the little items that come with the albums. And um, flipping the pages on those gorgeous photo books and, and all that stuff. So, I think... So, yeah, that was, like, my second thought. And the third thing was, the third thing was like, something that I wasn't aware of that existed. So, um... This is from like a website called called Rally, and 
in this website, I did not know this was a thing. Like, I've, I've known of, like, auctions and stuff like that. But people can actually, like, invest in an item so they get a share of, like, the profits of that person. So, like, for example, one of the people, um, like, they, um, they invested, I guess, like, $100 and they got uh, $950 back because of how much it sold. So for me, I'm like, hold on a damn minute. I may not be hold the up. person, <laughs> I may not be the person who has the items, but I could just invest in some of these and I can get some monies back. <laughs> so like- The, the or, way that I'm about to be on that site is <laughs> Yeah, I was right. I was not aware that th that was a thing at all. But yeah, I mean, not sponsored by Rally, but let's you know, if you want to sponsor us one day, who knows? Maybe we will accept you. Uh <laughs> We're waiting. We're waiting. We're waiting. Um, but yeah, th those are my main thoughts. Like, damn, that's profitable. Could never be me. Could never afford it. Um. And yeah, my my other thing is like I I kind of this I I feel like as gamers I feel like in nerd culture I feel like we've gone too far. <laughs> I feel like we've gone to the to a point of no return. And what I mean by that is like we've seen what happened to the Pokemon cards. You know what I mean? It's just like stuff like oh that God. where like things are just like completely blown out of proportion as far as like their value. Um, and it's just wild. Like, you, we see it with scalpers, which we talk about literally every time a PlayStation 5 story is in our document. Like, it, it's, just, it's just wild to me. It's just like, we, we've gotten too far. <laughs> and it, it makes me kind of, like, my, my, I guess my last thing on my rant is, like, it kind of makes me a little sad that sometimes it's like, you watch someone, like, opening, like, a pack of Pokemon cards, and it's like the conversation isn't about how cool the card is sometimes. It's, like, how much it's worth. And, like, oh, sometimes yeah. I, I've started seeing that happening with K-pop albums, too. Like, people pull a, a specific photo card and they're like, oh, my God, this photo card is worth this much. And it's it's just, like, I, I don't know. Maybe people find interest and value in different things, but for me, it's just, like, it feels like we're almost taking away from, like, the joy of all these things and we're making it more about, like, the money and we're turning these things into like investments and whatever you know what i mean mm -hmm. I, I do want to add sorry coca uh, or actually coca you go go i'll i'll make closing remarks um i don't understand why someone would pay two million dollars for this like Thank i really you. don't <laughs> like it what like, i really want to know like what's the point is it just to have it so you can just sit it somewhere and be like all right i'm never going to use this mm -hmm. but it's two million dollars of a game that you can beat like in an hour i think um, it's for display it. right i put it on display Ooh. above my toilets <laughs> <laughs> i, I mean, put I guess... it over the porcelain throne because that's how much it, it means to me <laughs> right mean, next to your tissue too much <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know. I don't. For me, I I couldn't do that. But yeah. the price, these people, and how they've been selling, like the price of these games and whatnot. It's why, like, when I started, like, wanting to like collect ten years ago, I stopped real early because this just costs way too much. And you can like buy it off of you know the store if they put it on sale, 
or you know the the, the precious under other means because i'm not about to pay like two million dollars for like a copy of super mario brothers like i like the game but it's not that good and i don't think there's any game that's that good and i don't like people enough to put it on display for them like no <laughs> if I, i'll put that on display for me but i don't like it enough to do that for two million dollars i can do a whole lot of other things like i can get like a whole lot of food right and then go to like maybe some restaurant that has something that could be called like symposium of ecstasy that can just be like eight different types of meat but no i went and got like um two million dollar for super mario brothers like i just really want to know like why and doctor are you just going to like maybe sell it at higher later on down the line because i mean it, it might at this point because it keeps getting higher but i i can't do that like I, i'm sorry i'm more so there for like the gaming experience and experiencing the game itself than owning it and that was the fun for me like collecting them a few like but like i had to look at the calendar to see what year it is oh my goodness um oh, no <laughs> for like 10 years ago or so because it was like like at the time i never played like i didn't ever play like castlevania bloodlines and i wanted to play it so i went and bought it so that i can do that so i planned on buying the playing the games that i bought and bought the ones that were like closest to me if i if i had a game i didn't play it was because it was just there maybe like two three dollars but i don't know that's just me i don't understand and I, I would like someone out there to help me understand, like, why you buy this game for $2 million. Oh, and Instead by the way, like, the person who sold it, they got it from, they got it uh, for the value of $150,000. I think, if I'm reading this right, maybe not. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, they, they bought the game in yeah. April of last year for $140,000 wild and then there was a uh, investors total of 150,000 in August yeah oh. grief I'm about to invest which turned no, into 300,000 later yeah. yeah it's it's wild it's fucking it's wild. wild it's too much um, <laughs> I will talk about it as a collector but not like that kind of collector because no I am not spending that money um, but i am like a person who likes to like get things that i love it's a thing but obviously i'm not gonna spend two million nor am i gonna spend probably like 200 plus really maybe 100 it depends but like 200 on one item that right. i really really want that's like maybe it's just gonna sit there like it's different than of course like household wares and all of that but i am somebody who's kind of been around the game both on pokemon and gaming and now k-pop <laughs> and um i will just say that I, there i don't think there's anything that i like for gaming wise i always open it maybe mm -hmm. I, if they're unopened it's mainly because i haven't played it yet yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i just forget or i open it and i still don't play it because i i have a long backlog and i still want to just keep buying games um pokemon wise I, I am the person who's just like i just i like to have the cards i don't want it to be like oh it's really valuable it's like Oh, no, I just want the cards, right. <laughs> if, especially if they're Pokemon that I like, if they're pretty cards, like I just want them. <laughs> 
and I could pull out my stash if I wanted to, but I'm not. Um, but there are some things that I do keep like sealed and it's not because of value. It's because I'm just too scared to open them sometimes. And there's just that aspect for me. So I don't like the whole thing of like, oh, it's sealed and it's, I'm just keeping the value. For me, it's like, I have it sealed because I, I just don't know what to do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I have a couple, like, Nendos, which are, like, figurines, basically, like, little mini ones that I got in, like, throughout this, like, the year and everything, and that are still unopened only because I don't know what to do with them. I don't have, like, another shelving space yet to put them up and, like, actually put them together. Um... And then there's, like, other figures, too, that I've had even longer that I just like to keep in the box because I'm just, like... For part of me is like, what if I open it and it just combusts? <laughs> so so yeah. I will never understand the whole aspect of I'm keeping the value because like I'm like literally just too scared to <laughs> open something. I have sealed notebooks because I just don't know what I want to do with them. <laughs> and and I, I sold one. And not like for like a high price. I literally sold it for under the sticker price that I paid for only because I was like, I don't need it anymore. I just need to get rid of it. Nice. I don't want to like upsell it or anything because I don't care. Nice. <laughs> it's just like I was too scared to use it. And then I don't need paper goods anymore. Like I don't or at least that paper good anymore. So I that's my only aspect on keeping things sealed is just, I'm just too scared to right. open them, but eventually I will. <laughs> One day. The One second, day. The second you get an extra shelf, it's over. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like the most games that I collect that I've actually like collected. Cause I don't really collect them. It's always like something that I want to eventually play or it's a series that I really like. And I just maybe want all of it. <laughs> Skies of Arcadia. Hello. Um, <laughs> and I'm really, I will say that is a series that I've definitely talked about probably many times, but is one that's actually has ballooned in price too. And I just have to say thank you to my younger self for keeping the game because older me would have never paid those prices <laughs> for it, no matter my love for it. So I just have to, I'm just, I have to be like, thank you, younger self, for not giving it away at like a garage sale for like ten dollars right. <laughs> and oh i will God. never sell it i should stay i will never sell it because it's my favorite <laughs> but i bought like um the, i'm talking about the, my gamecube one because the gamecube one was more um overpriced than like the dreamcast versions and now i've been noticing that the dreamcast versions have been going up in price i don't know why but they're going up in price i saw them the other day when i was just looking at cds <laughs> yeah. and it's time. Dreamcast yeah, and it's going up now too. I'm kind of glad because I love the Dreamcast and I think it deserves a lot of love. I have a Dreamcast. I have a couple games that I've bought. Like I bought some that I've had because a lot of them switched over also to GameCube. So I just like bought the Dreamcast versions because I wanted to see how different they were um, as well. And I just, I just care about the Dreamcast. That's all I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> Iconic. Yeah. I mean, my, um, and, and this is as I transition to our next story, like, what I, what, the thing that I kind of like, or I prefer to see 
happening to like retro things as much as like preservation is a cool thing I think it's also super cool when people mod stuff and they like just transform it into like different things or new things and so there was a youtuber um that basically created a playstation 2 um handheld um so the the youtuber is called ginger of oz or that's what they go by uh on on twitter ginger of mods um and they basically took the original motherboard from the ps2 and got a bunch of things go watch their youtube video because it's going to be way better than any explanation that i would give uh, but they're known for like turning other like consoles and other things into like portable items and modding consoles and all that um so they turned it they turned the ps2 into a the ps2 eclipse um and um i just this is iconic like the playstation 2 era for me is so special because i just like loved it i feel like that was like my like my peak before like i kind of stopped playing games or at least as much as I was playing when I was um, a teenager. Um, and so, uh, yeah, they, it's not on sale. Um, the Apparently this YouTuber used to, like, sell, like, a portable Wii that he made. But then, like, apparently the demand was so much that he got burnt out and, like, um, he's not doing it again for the PS2 Eclipse. Um, but this, the reason I wanted to bring this up is, one... Would y'all, if Sony said, hi, and they bought this prototype from Ginger, and if they sold it officially, question number one, would you buy it? 100%. Yeah. I want to play Ape Escape again on the portable, <laughs> on the toilets. <laughs> it's always for me, can I play on the toilet? Yes, it's it's sold for me. <laughs> I, I mean, I'd definitely that. buy a portable. Um, I'm just how how would I get to play the games? Um, it seems like it's uh, an emulation system for it, which I would love to see something that was like that, and I could still like somehow get like the PS2 games that I already have put onto it. Maybe I would mm -hmm. love like some kind of system. I know it's portable, so I can't like. It's got a small space. I don't think my discs are going to, like, go in, in there. there. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they make it, like, a little bit bigger, probably. And just, like, it's just a big device. Yeah. But it seemed like uh, they put it onto, like, a USB drive. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of just, like, emulators that are put onto it. Um, and it says it did kind of, like, stutter slightly. But they weren't, like, bad. And the battery life, at least for the this prototype that he was making, is about two and a half hours, which is very low. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Very low for that. I don't want to be sitting with like a charger basically to make sure it's alive. <laughs> right. Um but yeah, I I would love if if Sony please do it but knowing sony and how they treat their handhelds it's gonna be t terrible even if they tried right um but if they did i would love a way where i could just play my old games too so i won't also have to spend the extra money <laughs> sometimes yeah 
Which leads me to question two. If, if this was... Because we know that they probably would do this, like, as, like, a PlayStation classic sequel. They wouldn't just be like, here's all of the games. Everything is playable. So if you could choose, like, five games to be on this, the PlayStation, the official PlayStation 2 Eclipse, five must-haves, uh, which will lead to a total of 15, you know? Basically, we're coming up with a lineup of games. Because <laughs> five each, you know? There's three of us, 15, basic math, you know? Um... I feel like we could go, go like one and like we could just like choose one game at a time and kind of go around. So I was thinking, I feel like a game that is a complete necessity to have on something that would like represent the PlayStation 2 lineup without being too cliche, but a hundred percent being too cliche, Final Fantasy X has to be there. God damn it, I was gonna say that. <laughs> Final Fantasy X needs to be there. It was such a classic. Um, it got us the most iconic Final Fantasy meme of all time. Um, and uh, it just has to be there. It just has to be there. It's probably the my most played PlayStation 2 game. Uh, so yeah, that's my first choice. What about you, Koga? What would be choice number one now that I stole Final Fantasy X from you? That was so rude. Uh, not y'all fighting. <laughs> um, I would have to say <laughs> See, I'm not the biggest fan of 10 2. The gameplay is cool, but the story is like, um, okay, never mind. And the music isn't as good. Yeah. Well, besides it, but, the, the performances. Yeah. Um, I guess probably I would have to say Grand Theft Auto San Andreas like if that's doable you kind of can't go without that I think at the time it was exclusive to it I don't think it came out on Xbox but I know that game was like pretty big I played it like a lot when it came out and that was probably one of the only times where in science class everybody stopped what they was doing it's like all right let's talk about San Andreas that was like the only game okay so pants if you could choose your first game out of the five games, which game would it be that you would like? Ape Escape 2. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. As everybody knows, my name is Pants Trebian. It's a namesake from these games. I would want specifically two. <laughs> also, because Ape Escape was on the PlayStation 1. Ape Escape 2, because also, and I want it to be the US English voice actors, not the UK voice actors, because it is the voice of Ash and Misty are also in it, which I think is very iconic. Oh, that's iconic. Right? So, like, it's literally just like you're watching like another Pokemon episode, but you're like, clearly it's not Ash and Misty. But yes, Ape Escape 2, it means a lot to me. I want to see all my my apes again <laughs> that's iconic the props the reveal all of it just extremely I iconic in every way <laughs> ah! <laughs> i'm so excited <laughs> okay my second choice would be tekken 5 and i say tekken 5 because 
I think, if I'm not mistaken, Tekken 5 was the one Tekken game on the PS2 that also you could unlock the previous Tekken games. So you could play all of the previous Tekken games within the game. Um, so for that, that would be like the most complete version <laughs> of Tekken up to that point, I guess. So I think Tekken 5 would 100% have to be there. Um, you get a history lesson with all the, the the previous games being in it, and you also get the best Tekken game up to that point. So that's my choice. Second choice, Tekken Five, Koga. It's gonna You're get harder the more we go through it. Yeah, because you keep taking my game. <laughs> Um, I would have to say probably uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Duelist of the Roses. I really liked that one. It was like back in a time where they were they would make a game and it didn't follow the card game rules. And this one was kind of way different. Um, but I did like playing it a lot, especially after you learned like, like I can't. I guess they call them like the Crush Monsters. It was very odd. What they did was that there was certain monsters that pretty much if you beat them. That the spaces around them would have the same effect as a crush card virus. So you would just put them somewhere, the AI, because it's the AI, would just go against them, beat them, and then that space, only for like your opponent, they couldn't like put monsters on that area. So you just start running through the AI like real quick. But I did like Yu-Gi-Oh! games a lot back then. I mean, I still kind of do. It's just that now they just... It's either following the rules like completely or it's gotcha. I love me some gotcha. <laughs> oh my god. At the oh time god. it made me so sad because I feel like they completely refused to put any quote unquote normal Yu-Gi-Oh games on the PS2. Cause they did the capsule monsters and they did Duelist of the Roses. And that one was like I I I feel like I never got past the first level because I just did not understand how the game played. It was like almost like a chest, almost like um mm -hmm. Uh, a tactical moment uh, and I just did not understand it as a kid so I I think I sold it as an adult I was I, like I just went to this store and I just sold it because I was like I never understood this game I never like played it um, I kept the cards but because um, it came with like three little cards but I did I did sell the game and I, I, I kind of regret it because now as an adult I'm like I feel like I want to get into it and like understand what I didn't understand as a kid but uh, that's Upsetting. a really good choice. And what would be your second game? I would have to say <laughs> Dragon Guard. I am going to say it the very first Dragon Guard, which is the game that started it all. Here's a history lesson for y'all who like near Automata. Okay. Uh -huh. We wouldn't have near Automata without this damn game. <laughs> <laughs> It is the game that started it all. Literally, one of the endings spawned near, and then near got near Automata. So of course, I want the origins. I want y'all to know about Dragon Guard. <laughs> I feel like you've been waiting for to have this conversation for a while. I am always very. I just get very. Um, you know, excited about <laughs> talking about Nier and Dragonguard. It is about time. It's been what, like, oh my god, over 20 years, I think. <laughs> That's wild. It's about time that we get either a remake, a remaster, 
it, even if it is just on a portal system, everybody needs to start playing it. It's clunky, but everybody needs to play it. <laughs> <laughs> Iconic. Um, so this is where it's going to start getting a little bit more, like, tricky. Because, like, I feel like I almost want to do, like, games that aren't, like, the obvious choices. A part of me wants to include, like, a SmackDown vs. Raw title. Because <laughs> those games were so iconic at the time, and I just loved them. Um... I don't remember which one it was, but, like, there was one of the games that included uh, ECW as well. So, like, there was, like, a huge roster of characters to choose from. And, like, there was this game mode where it was, like, you were basically the show manager. So, like, you set up all the matches, the storylines. You did, like, all of that. And it was it was so much fun. I remember, like, creating also my own characters and um all of that i don't know if they would do it because licensing but uh i just remember the, that being like a series that, um just like in general i don't know if like the yeah. it, it it would be able to be a thing because like they ha they have their like their new games that they promote so i don't know if they would allow for like an older smackdown versus raw or any oh. wwe or anything adjacent to like come back from the dead if you will uh but those games were so much fun and i uh, it they definitely marked my my teen years so i would say any of the smackdown versus raw definitely not one of the, like the later ones definitely one of like the early mid ones because those were better because then they you know yeah. once they they came out like every single year they just kind of started decreasing in quality as the year well, they always came out every year yeah yeah, the thing is, so it, they used to be made by, uh, I think it was Ukes, and the THQ, and then it eventually went over to 2K. And when it went over to them, they started going more of in the direction of, like, realism simulation. And, I mean, some people like that. I don't. So, not as fun. So, yeah, the WWE games have since SmackDown 1 came out every year. Except last year, because... I guess COVID happened and they released some WWE Battlegrounds and that wasn't great either. Well, but yeah, they're releasing <laughs> another one this year. Now they just call them by the year. Like 2K22. I I don't I don't love those. Like I I get it. Like they they probably sell every year and that's why they do it, but like yearly game releases are just never as great as you know, if they just took some time and they just called it something like flashy and fun and weird and whatever and just, yeah. So I would probably go with 2006 because I remember that was a good one. Yeah, that one was a good one. Yeah. game. I feel like games just need to stop doing the yearly releases and actually put that time into like, making titles more polished and everything too yeah but people keep buying it yeah <laughs> that's true yeah even like when there was the 2k20 drama people still bought it so i got that for free that 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 oh that game that game literally like just completely crashed after my first match and i uninstalled it oh no that game was pretty bad did we get into our our third our third games. What about you, Koga? Did I steal this one uh, too from you? <laughs> uh, no. 
I, I don't think so. Um, I would say probably Soul Calibur 2. Though this Ooh. isn't the version that I would prefer. Cause, I mean, obviously, the, the GameCube version is the one everybody wants. But Soul Calibur 2 is still, like, really good. This was, like, back, like, right after the first one, and people really loved the first one because it was, like, a technical showcase for the Dreamcast, which was an amazing console, by the way. Definitely agree. But this one was just... It was a lot of fun to play. I mean, I don't know about balancing at the time. I mean, I was I was young. I wasn't caring about balancing. But the PlayStation 2 version, you had Hiachi from Tekken. He didn't use no weapon. He used his fist. So that was um, something. But Soul Calibur 2 has definitely has been considered like one of the better ones. And it even got like a HD remix, a HD re-release during the PS3 and 360 era. But um, you had like that. You can like go through. I think it was some mode where you can get like other weapons and whatnot. So it, it was good for like good on single player content because not everybody has someone to play with. This was before online was even a thing. So it was definitely a good game to get a good fighting game to get if you wanted some single player content. And what is your third item on the list? <laughs> oh, God, I'm like looking at a bunch of games right now. <laughs> I'm staring at a few, uh-huh. but I I have to say this one because it's been staring at me the longest right now, and it is Beautiful Joe. <laughs> now, let me talk about Beautiful Joe. It's iconic. It, it's probably not the greatest, but in my heart, it is the best game that has superheroes in it, I should state. The best, like, superhero-adjacent game. Um, they had the cool mechanic where you could, like, slow down the time and everything. Ooh. Yes. And, like, I don't know, it's basically before the time of, uh, of Platinum Studios. Uh, and I still wish that they were going to announce that. It looked like they were going to, but nope, they cannot because it's a Capcom game. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I do wish to, you know, to, to maybe eventually get some more beautiful Joe coming around sometime soon. And also it had Dante from Devil May Cry. <laughs> I love those he was crossovers. In that too? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you can see it, but there he is. It's like oh my this. God. And it was very, I, I don't know. It was, it's such a quirky game and I really loved it. And there was like, what, two of them, I think. But it was, it was, kind of, it was just cute. And that's why I love Bayonetta again, because Aww. beautiful Joe. <laughs> Iconic. <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> there was On to the fourth game. There was uh, I feel like uh for the for the sake of time, I think we could we should do like our next two ones just like quickly on our next <laughs> uh on our turn. I'm thinking one of mine would have to be uh, a racing game called Midnight Club, um, and it was like, it was kind of, it was kind of like, um, it, it kind of had story to it, kind of like how Need for Speed kind of did, um, but it was, I don't know, it was like cool, <laughs> whatever cool was in like the early two thousands. Um, I don't know, I just really, really liked it. It had like, uh, all, like d- different types of races too. Like they had like. Um, chasing things they had things where you had to like win that race uh finding things throughout the city all of that and there were like i don't know i just remember having a lot of fun 
and uh, with with that game. Um, and I would say my last choice. It's actually so hard because there's so many there's so many good ones, um, but I feel like I would have to go with another game that shaped my teen years, which was Sonic Heroes. Oh! <laughs> that game may or may not be very frustrating, or not very frustrating, a little bit frustrating <laughs> as an adult, but it was iconic at the time, and I just can't, you know, not have it, you know? What are you, Koga? I totally agree. What are your two last titles for the PS2 that you would have on this collection? Um, if it was possible, uh, I would say probably Need for Speed Most Wanted. That game, I didn't, so I didn't play the PS2 version. I played the 360 version, and I know they're pretty similar. Uh, this is probably still to me like one of the best ones that I've I've played. It was a lot of fun. Um, you pretty much had to go through a most wanted list. Could who could have guessed? Wow! And you had to like beat <laughs> them. Um, there go. Through, you had to like do like some missions and whatnot. Then beat them in like two races or something, and then try to get a pink slip, which means you get their car. I can't tell you how many times I hit the reset button because it's like you beat them and like there's like like a few cars that show up, and you have to hope that the one you pick is like their pink slip and if it's not well i'm just gonna you know reset not the whole you know game just before the race because i want the car so i don't have to spend money on cars so that was definitely something i really enjoy playing and i don't feel i mean we've had a few decent ones here and there but it's like that one was just very a lot of fun to play and not to be confused with most one at 2012 that game was um a mess unfinished to say you know, like uncooked, unfinished, uncooked spaghetti. Um, see, the uh, next game I would probably have to say it's it's rough because it's mm-hmm. it's between two, but I would probably have to say maybe NBA Street. I never played the third one, unfortunately, because this was during a time period where I wasn't able to buy my games yet, and when I was. We got home court. So I would have to go with volume two. This was very just arcadey basketball. And I I don't care for sports, but arcadey sports give me more of that. And this game was just always fun to play. You could um create of course create your own character, play some teams, and just do over the top tricks that would make absolutely no sense. It, but it wasn't supposed to. It was fun. And that's what it was. It was just fun. And we don't get those no more. Yeah, yeah, like there used to be one called FIFA Street as well that was like soccer. It was the same concept but with soccer. Um, and I remember like obviously not being a huge sports, you know, gamer, but that one was so much fun too. I remember like I had a friend in school that had that game and we would play it and it was so chaotic and fun. It didn't make any sense, but fun was had and that's all yeah. that matters. I don't know why, mm-hmm. you know, game devs aren't making these types of like silly and fun games anymore. They want it to be so realistic and serious for some reason. Open world uh, pain games are the only way Zombie apocalypse. <laughs> that they live. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say my last two games that I would love to see, I'm holding them graciously. Yes. 
is like if you like the the award winning Persona Five, and if you like the award winning, I don't know if they were. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna. Oh say my god! It. Why can I? I'm thinking about everything else. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles. Why don't you play Persona 5, Persona 3? I only have Persona 3 FES. Persona 3 or Xenosaga and ignore the old used <laughs> sign on here. This is Listen. back in the day. <laughs> GameStop era where they just stuck the sticker right onto the game case and you just had to cry about it. <laughs> it's I mean, very could, old. You could try to take it off, but it might end up but looking it, worse because you can't get it all off. I yeah, know. exactly. So you might as well not. But yes, if you love Persona 5 and if you like Xenoblade Chronicles, why don't you try out some of the precessors? I don't know, words. Classy. But... <laughs> <laughs> and I do have the other two of Xenosaga sitting ah! here. There's three <laughs> games, but they're all iconic. And that's all I got to say. And I just have to say that I love that all mine are like this theme of Japanese games right now. <laughs> love that. Love that. I feel like if we got what we wanted, this would be a really iconic collection. Let me just say, like, if I if I saw this on sale and all of our choices were there, I would be like, oh my god, I feel like I need this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Anyway, speaking of things that are actually maybe potentially happening, um, Koga, I know you have a, a story for us. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Um, so, Marvel vs. Capcom 2 has been considered probably one of the greatest fighting games of all time. Even though it's totally busted, it gave you, like, everything you wanted in the, like, kitchen sink. It came out back in 2000 and had, like, 56 characters. 23 from Marvel, 23 from um, Capcom. And it was a three-on-three fighting game, which was an upgrade for, well, depending on your point of view from the previous one which was was two on two um so this game came out on arcades and then came out on dreamcast like soon after oh my god the hours i poured into that and then playstation 2 that was bad xbox and then eventually about 2009 or 10 they re-released it on playstation 3 and then xbox 360 and then because licensing, because Marvel, it got delisted about, I would say, what was it, like 2012 or somewhere around that time frame? It didn't last, I was it 2004. It was pretty, it didn't last that long. It's been gone for like a while now. Um, and unfortunately, there's no way to buy that game. Unless you plan on going on eBay or something and spending 150 200 something dollars for a copy, which... People aren't going to really want to do that. Most people just play it like on Fightcade or something, but that doesn't have rollback netcode. So um, a few days ago, Maximilian, dude, who um, is, of course, a huge fan of the Marvel vs. Capcom series, um, so he started a hashtag, which was, I had to make sure I pronounced this, say it correctly, because I almost said something else, um, free MVC2. Um, because what he wants, and what a lot of us would like, is for Marvel and Capcom to get together, and re-release it in some way. Um, he started this on Twitter because he eventually first started on his Twitch stream, and then he made put the video out on Twitter, and it just blew up. It blew up more than a lot of us thought that it would. But it's just it's such a huge game for that around that time that if you were in arcades around that time, you more than likely played it. Like it was a very loved 
and cherished game and still is to this day, like 21 years later. Um, so the company that the developers that did the um, re-release for the PlayStation 3 and 360 was Digital Eclipse. Um, they did like an HD release. Um, it was in widescreen, but still an option for four by three. And it also had rollback netcode. This was the first time rollback netcode was done on home console for a video game. Rollback netcode started like on like in the 2000s on PC. And we still have to fight with devs about that to this day. Imagine that. Um, so one of the developers um, who was with um, Digital Eclipse said that they're actually on board to do it. But we have to wait for Marvel and Capcom to say yes. Now, for the past four years, quite a few of us thought that this may not happen because we have Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. Long story short, that was a train wreck. And Marvel can be pretty petty. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. And that was one of the reasons why it didn't do well, because they were kind of petty about like the X-Men and things like that. So... About last year or so, they there was an art, you know, one up arcade. There was a arcade cabinet that had some of the versus games like um, X Men Children of the Atoms, Marvel Superheroes, X Men versus Street Fighter, and Marvel versus Capcom. Which would mean, in some way, Marvel and Capcom are still like at least okay. So it was like, if they're down for that, we would like to see this game come back. And now we have a developer that's also okay with that. Which makes it easier because sometimes when bringing out games, the issue is finding a developer who's able to do it. So we have that. So now we're just waiting for Marvel and Capcom to say yes and re-release it with Robat Neko, please. I have so many thoughts because I will say that Marvel versus Capcom 2 is probably the first fighting game that I can remember playing and also the one that I cherish the most also. Uh, I remember playing it in the arcades. It was always my favorite game. Um, maybe an awakening was happening. <laughs> Seeing uh -huh. all the dark stalkers <laughs> characters, which also brings up a point where dark stalker, dark stalkers was kind of teased, but then it obviously fell through and it would be really nice because i feel like a lot of the new generation kind of knows some characters from like older capcom games especially um and i feel like obviously capcom would probably have that with like some new characters too but it would give people kind of like another opportunity to see these characters again that have kind of just been like lost to time uh and actually get like a good representation of them and also i should add yes they kind of been around i will not i refuse to look at marvel vs. capcom three and up <laughs> three was but <laughs> three wasn't that wasn't terrible but two still holds a a very special place in my heart and i would actually really kind of hope that it still keeps kind of the same style I don't want to see it in 3D. I'd rather still see it in kind of like a 2D yeah. uh, mm -hmm. look. I think that has the more charm and everything that I'm used to. Obviously, they probably still would go through 3D, but seeing how 3D has gotten, I don't know. I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> and I would really just be excited to kind of see it kind of back in the mainstream. Like it, it's kind of always there, but I would like to see it like, you know, maybe be like headliners at 
Evo more and it's just kind of like a you know just a remaster anything of it and then also get like all these new players who are getting into fighting games like especially the newer age fighting games and you know getting them back into an old game that's the best in my opinion (laughs) yeah there there i mean there is hope for it because the uh digital eclipse um they ported um the disney after afternoon collection uh which was like a basically a collection of nes disney games and so we know that disney and marvel and you know so i think it's just a matter of getting everyone on the same page and um I mean, if they see the demand, I, I can see both parties being like, well, we can make money, so maybe. Uh, but then again, they did take it off of stores, so maybe, uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on on their head, in their little heads. But That um, was due to licensing. Yeah, which, you know, Marvel and Capcom were like, well, I don't want it. I don't want it to be out there. I don't want to make oh, money. They, they, they did. Long story short, this is when Marvel was just being really petty with Fox. And they wanted X-Men um, and Fantastic Four. And Fox wasn't really able to give that up. So Marvel was trying to just act like that wasn't a thing. So anything that kind of can, they had them in, they eventually just eventually said, okay, forget it. And it got delisted. Same with Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. That also got delisted at the time. But then they did let it get re-released for um, in 2016. But Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite didn't have like X-Men and all those characters. And that was why. So it was just basically Marvel being just really petty about not having those licenses. So would Spider-Man be an issue, though? Because Sony... No. 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 So this is a, a confusion that people have always had, which is I've seen with the whole issue with like him being exclusive to like PlayStation. They only own the rights to the movies. This has been shown because he's Spider-Man was, and of course, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, and on the Switch and Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. So they own the rights to the movies, but not to his character in video games. Got it's just it. that people kind of think that, and that's inaccurate. Okay, good. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I Spider-Man's would love all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I would love yeah. this game. I, I, my cousin had it on his Dreamcast, and we, we had such a blast. Even though we, neither of us were really, like, Marvel people, and neither of us were really, like, Street Fighter or, like, you know, just general... I mean, we were into Tekken, but we weren't, like, super into, like, Street Fighter at the time. But this was so iconic that we just we we spent so much time playing the, the this game it was it was so good like, like the art style was amazing as well like just please bring it back please it would be so good <laughs> very good well speaking of fighting games uh-huh. let me talk about one of my faves <laughs> one of my other faves grand blue fantasy versus okay which is already iconic enough I love Granblue Fantasy. It is a gotcha game, but also very grindy too, I would say. It is a lot, but it has a great story and everything. But they have a fighting game that came out last year, I believe. Um, and they just announced a new character. She does not come out until December, which is like... Oh, well. <laughs> hold up. But they, they announced Miss Vera who is a lesbian icon, which is amazing because now we have three characters that are queer in Final Fantasy, I mean Final Fantasy, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. 
which I think is just I I had to talk, just you know come on here be queer and talk about another queer icon, and it's it's great. She's very much in love with um, a character called Catalina, who's already been in the game since release. Um, she's another sword lady, uh, and it's like it's fully canon. Like she just loves her so much. Uh, as far as we know, they're not a couple, but please <laughs> they get as close as possible but it's really nice to see you know some queer representation and uh especially fighting games i feel more now and then i just love seeing it was about time i feel like everybody since the beginning with the initial roster of grand blue grand blue fantasy um which is very small so it's been like a lot of dlc characters which is like money too much money for all these characters great for me because i get also in-game rewards for the mobile game but uh it's really nice because there's three uh representations so vera is lesbian and then there's two characters one from the original roster one that was a dlc character that are trans uh canonically um and it's so nice to just see representation so i just wanted to rant about (laughs) representation in games (laughs) we love to see it (laughs) yeah thank you for sharing that because i feel like sometimes we i mean it's in the nature of like talking about what's going on we sometimes we focus on negatives and like what's what what someone did wrong or what a company could could have done better as far as representation so it's really cool to see that uh yeah, we're getting like that representation slowly but surely. I will say fighting games have been kind of better at it than a lot of the other genres at bringing representation. Because I remember they didn't do it in the best way, but I remember Poison, trans icon, being uh, like one of the first, you know, few trans characters, which wasn't handled very well uh, or mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> no. Um, it no. But um, I feel like at the time feel like for queer people we always needed to grasp at like the little little crumbs that were given to us uh, and thankfully times have evolved to a way where she can exist and not be treated horribly uh, mm-hmm. so uh, that's also amazing and um, yeah like it's very surprising though that, that it's like yeah like this this does make sense because the fighting the fighting game genre kind of has done that where like with androgynous characters, with uh, queer themes and stuff like mm. that, like, because um, I, I like... keep looking at. Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was just gonna say I keep looking at Guilty Gear Stride, and I'm like, hey, what are you gonna put Bridget as a DLC character? Because it's been a very long time since he's been around, and I would love to see kind of like how this character will be portrayed, and especially like the world now, because. Mm-hmm. I do- I think I like really grasped on their character, which is okay. Not gr- the greatest representation or anything, but I just really, I just really love them. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say like with with fighting games, I guess it's easier for them to just say that a character is queer because a lot of them don't really have like a huge story mode. So it's like it's there, but they don't have to get too much into it if they don't want to, which they usually don't. <laughs> so it's like it's there, but like, you know. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. sometimes they'll they'll put it there or just put it there like mildly and then leave it there. Cause they did the same thing with um Kun Jin and Mortal Kombat X. Um 
And he, because what happened was he, um, of course, is also the descendant of Kung Lao, and he, you know, broke into Raiden's temple to take, I think, I can't remember what it was. And, you know, Raiden, of course, you know, knew he was, ups, you know, just angry about things and told him, you know, go to the, you know, academy. And he felt that he wouldn't be accepted. And he says, they only care from what's in your heart, not whom your heart desires. And the internet was like, what? And then, like, one of the developers kind of confirmed that he is um, a gay character. Ooh. Um, unfortunately, they didn't bring him back in 11 for some reason. He's oh, mentioned, man. like, throughout, though. But it was just nice for them, you know, at least to do something and make it more of a thing. Because there are, like, other characters and, you know, other fighting games that are. That I do, like, a lot of the times they just, it may be mentioned or hinted at. They just don't really say anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, for this game, I think it's great. I've, I've never played it. I've heard about it, but I've never like played it. But I think it's good that they do have you know more representation for people who are you know looking for that. Yeah. Yes. Speaking of gay rights, uh, Ariana Grande has hopped on Fortnite, and not only can you have yourself uh, an Ariana Grande skin or Ariana Grande related items, you can also attend the Rift Tour, which is a virtual, basically like concert, but it's, um, okay, so this is my first time. I'm not going to spoil anything because I know that our very own pants wants to experience the concert, um, but I've, I had never attended a, a, like an in-game concert before for Fortnite. Uh, so I had no idea what to expect, but it was like so interactive. There were like it I don't want to say too much, but there were like <laughs> mini games within it that you can kind of interact with things and do things as like Ariana is there and music is playing and um it's it's really really iconic. I was in a voice chat with our very own Dextralicious and our friend Mana uh, Mana Rissell, and we were dying. <laughs> we were in this voice chat. We were screaming. We were... Like, it, it's just, like, it's really cool to see, like, because obviously concerts aren't much, aren't really a thing uh, for obvious reasons. But it's just really cool, like, seeing that. And it's also cool on the other side, like, being Ariana Grande and, like, killing homophobes and, you know, people dressed as Rick from Rick and Morty. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> as Ariana Grande, you know, holding like a rainbow gun from their pride thing that they did. So, uh, yeah, I just kind of wanted to to share that. As we kind of get into what we've been playing, I will say Fortnite. Uh, Ariana Grande kind of brought me back to Fortnite. I got the Fortnite crew because I didn't want to pay the $20. So I just paid half of it to get the remaining V-Bucks that I needed to get Ariana in my game. Uh, it's so much fun. Um, the concert was amazing. I'll probably rewatch it multiple times because it was so good. And um, yeah, there's that. <laughs> what have y'all been playing? Oh, I've also been playing Pyre. Sorry. Um, it's a super giant, um, super giant games. Uh, it's an older title. Um, super giant art of the people. For people who don't know, people who, they made Hades. Okay, okay. Now you know. Cool. We're caught up. Um, and it's like the game plays like a visual novel, in which like you have choices. You there's a lot of reading. There's a lot of dialogue, and then 
it has like RPG mechanics with like a skill, like little skill trees and items that improve your stats. And then the gameplay itself for like whenever there's like fights, it's like soccer, but it's like, yeah, it's like there's two people, there's two goals. You have to protect your goal and you have to get your, there's like a little ball that you have to put in the other people's goal. And like they can kill your characters, your characters respawn. It's honestly weird. Like I'm not gonna lie, like it's not the kind of gameplay that you would expect from a, an RPG game. But at the same time, like that's kind of what makes it interesting because you're like, this is weird, but I'm intrigued. And also like the story is very compelling. And that's I think the main draw from it is like the story is very compelling. The characters are very interesting and like everything is so mysterious that you just want to find out more and more and more. Um so yeah, if last year you got into the itch.io bundle that they did uh, for the Black Lives Matter movement, um, this game was on there. So yeah, if you if you happen to have bought that bundle, it was like a huge bundle that had like a hundred games or something like that. Um, you you can find Pyre in there and you can play it if you want to. Not sponsored, <laughs> but yeah. What have y'all been playing? Well, uh, I um, I was still going through Pokemon Shield. Um, not sure how farther I'm going into that. It's okay, but it does quite a few things that I kind of like. Okay, I'm bored. Uh, mm. It's very. It's easier than I thought it was going to be. I heard it was going to be easier hand holding. I didn't know it was going to be this bad. It's really bad. And every and then I, I've I've gotten to a point to where like I'm in the what do you call it the wild area. That at first, I thought like the Pokemon that just, well, for some reason, they were like too strong and you couldn't catch them, which I hate that. They would be the ones that was like in this like open area. Some of them also apparently in the grass. So now it's like every time I turn around, I try to see something I like, I want to catch it, and I just can't. So you got to progress through the story, but it's boring. So it, it, it's not a bad game, I don't think. It just that they really went a little bit too much on making it simple and I don't really care for much of what's going on in the story. So I'll probably get I do want to at least get to the DLC, but we'll see. Um I did play a little bit of Pokemon Unite. I haven't played it that much this week because of a, a game I'm about to talk about after that. Um I do still enjoy it. Um I don't remember what rank I'm at. I, it's not that high. But I like playing Lucario though. I know they did a balance patch and I, the first thing I looked was like don't touch them. <laughs> they didn't which I'm happy about. I mean, unless it was a buff, then oh, yeah, go go right away, go right away, buff, <laughs> go buff them, buff my character, please. I just I don't know. I I like enjoy playing them and doing like some of his combos to where it's just when you get put in the right situations and you, it just makes you feel like ridiculously powerful. How you can just run through things. Of course, it is an objective thing, but sometimes you gotta run through some people because they're just in the way. So it is fun playing him. I know they had the conversation of the whole free to play thing last week. It is, but as of right now, I'm just going to, it's, I haven't paid any money for it, so I'm just going to enjoy it while I can, and if I end up not liking it, then I'll just stop playing it, and I didn't pay for it. Right. So, on that, um, so I think it was about last week or so, um, Square Enix released the first three of the Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters that some people are not, are upset, didn't come to PlayStation, Xbox, and the Switch yet, which... 
I don't know about that before you PlayStation people. Now you know how it feels when I don't have Final Fantasy VII Remake, you bastards. Um, anyway, um, so I started playing the first one. <laughs> and I've actually never played the original five. I played seven, then it's some eight, nine. No, I didn't play nine yet. Ten, and I eventually went to play six. So this is my first time playing through the first one, and I do like it so far. I really also like the way that this game looks. Um, from my understanding, it's not as grindy as the original and has like quite a few um, quality of life improvements. So, so far, I really do like it. Like it has a map of where things in the like upper right. So I don't have to worry about where am I going, but it's definitely an old school RPG, but I do like it so far. So I do want to go through two and three. Um, I'm concerned about two because I've heard on how you level up in this game. Why is it to level up you, your HP to get more of that? You have to like get hit or just hit yourself. And I'm like, oh, that's going to be interesting. I, I see why it's considered like the black sheep. But I, I, didn't, I didn't pay that much for them. Like I got them off of Green Man Gaming. They were like on sale. And I spent like maybe 26, 27 bucks for like all three. So it was like, get it on sale. It, it, I feel it was worth it so far. All right. So two and a half months ago, I ordered something. And it took forever to get here. Oh? God, it's, it's a thick boy. Oh, it's a K-pop uh, album. Oh my lord. <laughs> no, Not a K-pop album. It's a, it's a false 2 controller for sound Voltex. You press buttons and it lights up. Yes! <gasps> that looks so fierce. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah. So it took like two and a half months for it to get here. Um, basically because, well, COVID, um, okay. they had like some, I think some disaster with like flooding or something over there Aww. over, I think it was cause I think they're over in Hong Kong, I believe. So I have started playing sound Voltex again. Um, I was playing it like a few months ago, but then I stopped after I ordered it. Cause I was like, I want to play through like through the songs with the controller. It is a lot more fun with the controller and the, the the lights of course it's not necessary but it looks like really nice um with shipping this stuff this cost me like 270 dollars but after playing it like all yesterday i really like like it so i'll be playing a lot more sound voltex again because i have at least a good 400 songs I haven't played yet because as i haven't played in a few months one month they added well i bought two dlc packs they were on sale for golden week and then they didn't release any free songs for that month. Then the next month they released 79. And then the next month it was like 19. And then this month is 23. So I'm not going to count all that because math sucks. But I have a lot of songs to go through. And I wasn't even done with the ones that was already there. So yeah, I've been having a whole lot of fun with this for like the past day. This controller is so sexy. I swear to God. <laughs> it's iconic it's really cool it's amazing yeah uh as for me uh i was on a very well it wasn't a long hiatus but i was on a hiatus and during that point i barely played any games i will state but i have been playing fortnite as well miss ariana i did get this the bundle i had to i was yeah. showing it off yesterday we didn't get a win, but I was I was happy <laughs> just yeah. to be as Ariana. Um, uh, mobile games. I haven't played like Honkai in a little bit, only because I I literally 
have just been like either working or couch potato, really. <laughs> and worrying about other stuff. But I did just download a game. And <laughs> it's called Where's Tess? And I believe my understanding, maybe Afro-Latinx uh, character. And well, I think it's like an Atome game. But I think you get to also like romance uh, a girly and i said you know what it's my time (laughs) (laughs) um so it's really nice to see like because mihoyo just released theirs and i played a little bit of it and it's like nice because it's got it's like ace attorney in a way because it is the whole thing of like you're a lawyer and everything so it's kind of got like this cool aspect to it but i do not care for it (laughs) I'm probably going to delete it. Um, Interesting story and everything and the characters, but I'm I'm just a little tired now of just seeing the same shade (laughs) of character. And sorry. um, And you also can't change your skin tone. So you're just like, you're just a girly too. So I like Otome games. Sometimes I like those Otome games, but... I like the ones where either I don't know what my character looks like, obey me, or um, I'm playing Where's Tess, and it's nice to see, like, some diversity, at least. Um, So, yeah, that's my only thing about that. So it's been a little bit of mobile games, and I'll get back into Honkai eventually. But it's my favorite, and also the grant... I've been talking so much... I'm losing my mind. (laughs) The Genshin collab that's in Honkai and soon. So I just need to like do some of my, the rest of the story and a little bit of grinding in there so I can get all the the goodies. But Miss Fischl was free and as she should be, she's iconic. (laughs) Iconic, iconic behavior all around. Um, where can people find all of us? We can go again, Koga. Um, well, you can find me on Twitter and here on Twitch at Koga underscore Jangles. Uh, I'm probably going to be playing Sound Voltex on stream soon. Uh, work has just been very irritating for the past few weeks, to put it lightly. So my people energy when I get off is kind of like, almost non-existent except for my roommates they're cool for the most part <laughs> but um yeah you'll be able to find me um here and i'll be probably um going through that because i have a lot to go through um i might do some of the final fantasy ones because i don't like reading a, like a bunch of text but this game doesn't have a whole lot of text to read it's just go somewhere maybe grind a little bit don't die so i'll probably do some of that um this, up- this upcoming week awesome. Yep. Hello. Yes, you can find me at Pants Trapian on Twitter, TikTok, uh, Instagram. Maybe I'll be doing some YouTube videos, some Ooh. videos eventually. I'm still debating on the contents. Uh, but normally I'm a VTuber then. Um, and since I just got off my hiatus actually yesterday or Friday, um, I was playing some Fortnite with the squad. Um, I'll be probably streaming like 
more identity vibe again. I'm thinking of changing uh, some of my content where it's like, especially games that I've been liking a lot more now. So um, identity five, maybe some near reincarnation because it'd be maybe better to stream it. Or I'm not sure yet <laughs> on that one yet. But that and Honkai Impact because it's also taken over my life. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. We love to see it. We love to see it. You can find my content at Project Ruby on Twitch, YouTube, and Twitter. The Project Ruby on TikTok and Instagram. Um, I also upload YouTube videos. Um, and uh, recently I uploaded a K-pop haul video. Um, and you can see the unboxing for that. Uh, but the upcoming video is going to be, or video, is going to be a reaction video, actually, to Sunmi's new release. So I'm very excited. I still haven't recorded it, but it's gonna come out on Wednesday for everybody, earlier for uh, Ko-Fi supporters. Um, and yeah, I'm just like excited to do like weekly videos on uh, on there, and then of course the streams, which um, I'm actually gonna stream tomorrow, which is probably today by the time this podcast is out, or yesterday, who knows? Um, soon, recently, um, I'm gonna finish Pyre. I'm super excited for that, and I'm gonna start a new series called Ruby's uh, Retro Roulette, which is basically I'm gonna be playing through games. Or like all the years that I've been alive for. So like the first game is going to be from 1994, the year I was born, and the people voted. And I'm going to be starting the series with Donkey Kong Country. So I'm just very excited for that series and like play through games from like all the years uh, up to you know whatever year, either this year or next year. By the time I'm done with the series, who knows when? But I'm just like very excited to see like what games were popular at the, those specific years, what games people are want to see, what people, what games I want to play, and all that fun stuff. So it should be really really fun. Um, but yeah, that's it as far as just gaming things. We are going to bring back more gaming streams. We we have been missing making them, but we're gonna get everyone's schedules together and we're gonna figure out what times and what days work best for everybody. So, cause we do want to make more content for y'all, like fun games, you know, Fall Guys, probably Pokemon Unite, probably Fortnite, like a lot of like fun multiplayer games. So you can see us outside of the podcast together, having a good time. Um, and you can find us on all the platforms, like, you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff at Just Gaming Things. Twitch, just gaming things and YouTube, you just gonna have to look us up at just gaming things as well. So thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Have a, an amazing week. Stay safe, and uh, we'll catch you next week for another episode of Just Gaming Things podcast. Goodbye. Bye.